Man, I'm really excited to welcome in our next guest. Uh, his team is Lee, and he's just one of the most incredible guys on the planet. The head coach of the Oklahoma Sooner men's golf team, Ryan Hibble, joins us. Uh, good morning, Ryan. Uh, I always dig chatting with you, and, and I want to talk about your team. But another one of my favorite guys, I thought they really flexed their muscles this week. Uh, Tyler Woodward and that crew out at the Jimmy. All the rain, and it was wet out there, but... I mean, just how great is it to have a partner like the guys at the Jimmy and to see how serious they take it? Because for all the rain they, they got, Ryan, that course was in incredible shape, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on. And, and absolutely, just thinking about, you know, re, you know, reflecting back on regionals this past week, number one, our fans were phenomenal. Uh, you know, we continue to, to just grow our support, uh, not just in, in Norman, but in Oklahoma. And we had so many. Uh, fans come out this past week. It was amazing. But Tyler Woodward and, and Cody Elwood, our superintendent, I mean, amazing. We had probably seven inches of rain uh, in about four days. It was absolutely crazy what was going on. And, uh, you know, all the teams, all the coaches were just raving about Jimmy Austin and, and how well of a championship we run, you know, that we run. And I, I'll be honest with you, we travel all over the country doing this. And I feel like we host as good of a championship as anybody in the country. So just super proud of our people, our, our support staff. Uh, it's It was amazing. Coach, we see the, the finish for Drew Goodman right there, runner-up uh, in this Norman Regional. But collectively as a team, what did your group do well to advance to a uh, well the, the national championships for the 12th consecutive season? Yeah, we did a lot of good this past week. We did a lot of uh, not very good, to be honest with you. No, we're playing at home. It's always interesting. Uh, it's it, If you have spacing, you know, some breathing room, playing at home is as good as you'll ever find. I mean, it's amazing, right? But when it gets tight, the, the air gets a little bit thicker uh, for the home squad. And, and uh, there were some high-stress moments coming down, you know, kind of in the middle of the round on Wednesday and, and we did some very poor things too. So uh, Drew Goodman played phenomenal. He had a chance to win and just really controlled his golf ball all week long. Ben Lorenz did the exact same thing. Uh, just incredible playing from both those guys. Uh, we, we probably made too many big numbers this past week for in, in particular, no one playing out home and we did not handle the par fives very well, which is, you know, something that we talk about quite a bit and, and we just, we just didn't do a very good job, and it was usually because of, you know, some, some poor tee balls, which put us out of position. I'm curious, Ryan, when things get somewhat tight like they did from, what was that, about 9 to, 9 to 12, 8 to 11, is it something that, I mean, it's not like you walk up to a guy and it's like, hey, this is getting close, you got to make this shot. <laughs> do, they, do your players just know? Is it something that you're aware of, of how kind of tight things get on the scoreboard? Yeah, it's always interesting. I, I don't scoreboard watch very much, uh, you know, with the exception of, you know, situational moments, understanding where we're at, uh, what needs to be potentially conveyed to, you know, a player that you're with. I mean, there's only two of us coaches, and there's five guys, so we can't be everywhere, right? And and ultimately, we're trying to make our guys feel at ease with what's going on and, and uh, get them going in their proper routines and, and just doing what, you know, what we do, which is go play as elite of golf as we possibly can so i actually try and promote to my guys to not even do any scoreboard watching i you know all it does usually is add stress into your life and um most of the time you'll see guys 
uh, over my years uh, do things that that they wouldn't do otherwise if if, if they you know didn't know the information. So it's like, why are we going to add that stress into your life, right? Um, so it's just kind of a matter of approaching each guide. Uh, we have to know their personalities uh, and and what makes them tick and. Uh, you know, sometimes it's a motivating type of conversation. Sometimes it's just a, a calming conversation. Uh, just it depends on on the situation and, and the guy. Scoreboard watching or not, Coach? Uh, obviously, you can tell just reading the the situation that it got off to a great start in this Norman Regional, and then the final day it was uh, it got a little dicey for a moment. But the response that your team had. What did that show you about this group coming down the home stretch to well close out the Norman Regional in advance once again? Yeah, you know, it, this group has done a great job of closing all year long. I mean, this spring, our our final round stroke averages has been amazing. I mean, we have really done a great job of of closing. the The interesting part about Big Twelves, we have we have not gotten off to very many good starts. And at Big 12s up at Prairie Dunes, we did. And, and honestly, it's what allowed us to potentially win the golf tournament because we got out in front and we just kind of dug our heels in, didn't let go. This, this past week, it was a you know, marginal start. But uh, in, in the final round, when we were starting to, to struggle, our last you know, five holes at Jimmy Austin, it, it's a great stretch. And our guys, they did an amazing job. Uh, we only gave up one shot. And we made, you know, anywhere from seven to nine birdies, depending on what hole you're, you're kind of counting on. And, and we needed all of them. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and I was just so proud of our guys for, you know, stepping up to the plate. Um, most of them probably didn't even know how tight it was. You know, to the scoreboard watcher, it was like, oh, my goodness, we had to have every single shot. And we did. Uh, you know, Jay Summy chips in for par over on 16 while he's doing that. Patrick Welch hits a two iron in on 15 and makes a per, uh, and, and makes a, a very difficult birdie about probably 15 minutes before that. Ben Lorenz had made about a 30 footer for Eagle on, on 13. So all of this stuff's kind of happening at the same time, and that's that's the great momentum. We had some poor momentum in the middle of the round, but that great momentum, you know, it just it really can permeate through the golf course, and and uh, you know, just always excited to be able to get through regionals because. It's never easy. It doesn't matter if you're playing a home or, or somewhere else. It is, it's a very difficult task. And we had a lot of really good teams here. I mean, Texas Tech's really good. Alabama's really good. Um, so it was awesome to see you guys advance once again, 12th straight year. Uh, familiarity, though, right? Familiarity with not just the Jimmy, familiarity with being here in this moment, and familiarity with where you're going. Ryan, I know that... You know, it's been the, the, the same for everyone, but three years in a row now, you're on your way to, to, to Greyhawk and Scottsdale. Kind of take us through what that familiarity with that golf course does for you guys. Oh, well, it's, it's extremely important. Uh, there's no doubt that we've been around it, you know, just so many times now. And it's, it's crazy how the golf course changes from morning to afternoon. You know, if you tee off at Seven o'clock in the morning, Greyhawk feels like something you know it's that's very gettable. But about the eleven thirty, twelve o'clock mark, uh, the golf course just immediately flips. Greens get dicey, firm, fast. Uh, your numbers have to be perfect, um, and it's it's crazy the the difference of scores from morning to, after, to afternoon. And th- and because we have a you know large database of of scores, you know back in the old days we used to travel all over the country. 
And so you'd show up on property not really knowing that golf course, and then by the time you get done, you kind of forget about it, right? Well, now we're into our third year, and it's starting to become like, you know, Augusta National. Everybody remembers the shots, and, and you can, you can take, take in all this data. And the more, you, more times you get around it, honestly, the, the easier the golf course gets uh, just because of your sight lines and understanding where you can have the ball, where you can't have the ball. And, uh, you know, we're going to go out there with Patrick Welch, who's been around it quite a bit, Drew Goodman, who went around it last year, Stephen Campbell, uh, Ben Lorenz, who's been around it a couple different years. So we're going to have some nice experience. And, and you know, I like where our, guy, our guys are trending. Coach, you mentioned a, a bunch of the names right there that have been key contributors all year long. Because you've been a regular participant in, in this stage of the season and performing the way you have in regionals, you're no stranger to this moment, but uh, this group, again, they've got experience. They've got some new faces. It seems like you're just able to now with your program shuffle new faces in and you get similar results. So what does that say about your program, Coach, and this group in particular? What stands out about this group? Well, it might say that uh, all these guys can overcome uh, their coaching, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) They – they do a great job. I mean, ultimately, we're, we're trying to recruit great players. And, and uh, you know, we put them with a schedule uh, that allows them to compete at the highest level every year, number one. Um, you know, they understand what the expectations are uh, when, when you come play here. And, uh, you know, I'm very thankful for that. That's been years and years of, of grinding through the process with, you know, different teams and, and different, different players. But um, as we get going with this group, Every year is uniquely different. Even though I just talked about experience, I promise you this year will feel significantly different than than last year. You know, and and the adversity that we'll fight this week will be different than what it was last year, right? So uh, I can't predict what will happen out there for sure. I know that we're going to get our guys in in good good shape, and and all we can do is ask for an opportunity to have a chance to to you know go play for for match play. That's what you're kind of looking for is to Really get out there, uh, play good quality golf. You got to remember, you got to go play 72 holes with five guys in order to get in that final eight. And I think that we have one of the most, you know, arduous tasks in in all of college athletics, the qualifying system for us to be able to get to that final championship match. I mean, you think about it, it started with, you know, your regular season, then in the regionals, and then uh, at the national championship, 72 holes. And then all of a sudden, then you go into match play. I mean, we're about to be hopefully in Scottsdale, Arizona for nine days. I mean, that's, that's a long trip. So it's uh, there's a lot in front of us. <laughs> hey, with that in mind, Ryan, two more and we'll let you get out of here. Ryan Hibble is our guest. Uh, the schedule, obviously, we start play a week from today, but as you mentioned, you get, you get to go out earlier. You laid out understanding it, right, and having more information when you go to the course and having that Augusta feel. For Ryan Hibble, the head coach, have you – approached this differently or do you adjust things every year obviously the the athletes are different and the types of golfers that you have are different but just from a preparation from a rest from a travel have you adjusted or do you you find yourself more of a creature of habit when it comes to an event like this yeah very much creature of habit um you know we, we're staying at the same hotel not by choice but because that's where the ncaa puts us our routine of traveling out there is the same as it has been for the last two years uh, because I've liked what we've done. Um, you know, it's going to be hot. It's going to be over 100 degrees every single day. So getting our guys' mind mind and body and souls kind of prepared is, is, is happening right now. 
this is a great time in college golf though. We got guys that are, are just playing golf every day and, and not having to worry about school. I mean, this is the most elite time in college golf. <laughs> so these guys are really excited every day. And, um, you know, this is the, the, you know, the final stretch and, and we've been putting in all this work throughout the year, um, you know, to, to be at this moment and, our guys are going to give everything that they've got. And so I don't ever question that. Um, it's just a matter of us trying to put them in a, in a spot, a successful spot, uh, you know, coming down the stretch. So we're going to do everything we can next week to uh, get them as prepared as possible. We're already starting to make those, you know, preparations now. But uh, really, whenever you get out there, you kind of get into that game mode. Uh, once you start feeling that desert heat and the ball starts going forever and and uh, guys are swinging at it good, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's a really fun feeling out there. You know, uh, Ryan, we'll let you go on this. The future is so exciting at the University of Oklahoma, and we've seen some sports that have just absolutely exploded as we get set for the SEC. Obviously, what Coach Gasso is doing with softball, what KJ is doing with women's gymnastics, what Mark's doing with men's gym, but I think we've really seen an awesome explosion for, for college men's golf and I feel like we're seeing more players at the next level really attributing the collegiate side of things, right? Justin Thomas talking about Georgia, Abe talking about OU. I mean, uh, it, it, I mean, it's how exciting is it to see the guys that you've graduated off to the multiple pro tours all across the world to see OU golf still mean so much to them and just in general college golf and that, you know, three- to four-year process means so much to so many guys. Uh, it's so awesome to be able to see these guys turn professional and, and go try and make a living doing, you know, what we do as golfers. Uh, I get very proud of, of our guys, almost like the old, the, the old grandpa, you know, syndrome where you're just so proud, <laughs> you know, of seeing all, all your guys out there. And uh, it probably it honestly probably fills my cup even that much more uh, outside of them getting married and having kids. Uh, I, I just absolutely love seeing our guys go be successful, you know, in, in the afterlife of, of college golf. But to answer your question, I mean, college golf is it's in such a great place. We got on television really for the first time in 2014, and it, it's just made everything explode. And, and uh, people understand team, uh, you know, the team side of things, right? And they, you know, our fan bases can really, you know, get behind us and, that's the one thing that the Live Tour has, has done, you know, very well, in my opinion. I, there's a reason why the professional golfers, they love the Ryder Cup. They'll talk about Ryder Cup. They'll talk about the President's Cup or, you know, as an amateur golfer, the Walker Cup. And it's because it's a team. When you're a golfer, you're out there on an island full time, full time. And it's very lo- It's a very lonely life. Uh, but when you can actually have guys to be able to talk to every single day, I mean, all of our professional golfers, when they come back, that's the first thing that they'll tell you is that they miss being around everybody uh, when, it, when it's good, when it's bad, all, everything in between. So um, it's, it's a really special time in these guys' life, and there's no surprise that all the you know, tour players are always talking about college golf because it, arguably it might be the best time in their life, not because of what they're doing you know, uh, on Thursday night or Friday night, it's because they're, they miss the van rides with everybody. They miss, um, you know, waking up and doing everything together. And you're just with these guys full time. You're amazing. Ryan, I'm so pumped for you, man. Have a safe trip out to Arizona. Uh, always appreciate every second that we get with you and we'll be watching and rooting along hard from here in Norman. Good luck, bud. All right. Thanks guys. Appreciate we'll see it. You.
Ryan Hibble. It's a really good point. You know, I, Josh, maybe it's just the overall, you know, kind of understanding that these guys played college golf. Like, like, gosh, did I just say like five times? Turning into my wife. You think about how often in an individual sport it's more of, well, they, you know, went to this academy and then, boom, next thing you know, they're a professional tennis player or something of that nature, right? But in golf, I feel like Ryan just hit it on the head. In 2014, and, you know, for some reason, Justin Thomas keeps coming to mind. It's just whenever, you know, you realize, oh, he's a big he's a big bulldog, big Georgia guy. Who was the dude that everyone hated that was at Georgia and went to, like, three different schools before he won a national championship for, like, Augusta College? And yeah, his... you're thinking of Patrick Reed. Justin Patrick Thomas, Reed, by the way, he's Alabama guy. Alabama, Alabama. Who am I thinking of with Georgia? Uh, I think Bubba Watson is a, a Georgia. I thought they, Justin Thomas got, was Georgia. I apologize. They, there's one of, they've there's got one a bunch of, the, of Bulldogs on tour. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. So, my bad. But you start thinking about, you know, these guys talking about their college and then when it got televised in 2014 and people seeing how, hey, it's it's more than just regular golf. It's more than just, um, it's more than just, hey, he had a four under, so he's one shot off the lead. There's match play that goes into it, and it is true team, and it's got a Ryder Cup feel to it. I felt like that just was absolutely positively awesome, well, and it changed everything. And I would just say this as we get set to watch the Sooners embark on Greyhawk again. What Coach Hibble has done at OU is amazing. I mean, right. you know, Greg Grost and those Sooner teams, they won the one national championship, and he had them competitive. And then uh, maybe a little bit of a lull, and you, you kind of were second mm-hmm. fiddle to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma right now is the premier program in this state, and right. uh, that is no small feat. It's a credit to Coach Hibble and his staff and what they've accomplished. For them to routinely be on this stage should not get uh, should not get forgotten in Norman, Oklahoma. It's amazing mm-hmm. what he and his staff have done. It's awesome. I don't know why I thought Justin Thomas, Georgia. I don't even know who I'm thinking of then because none of these guys that played at Georgia are ringing a bell to me. Maybe Kevin Kisner. Maybe I'm thinking of uh, maybe I'm thinking of the country singer. Who's the country singer that I like his song last night? Isn't he a Georgia guy? Uh, anyway, thanks to Ryan Hibble. And, and it's cool because you see even the guys that aren't necessarily on the PGA Tour, guys that are making their way through the, the Corn Ferry Tour and the guys that are playing overseas, they're all in and tweeting about it and talking about it. It's awesome, man. It's a great time of year. It's a great time of year. You have men's golf playing for the national championship starting a week from today. You got softball starting its postseason tournament today. You've got baseball heading down the home stretch. Final Big 12, SEC, ACC, Big 10, Pac-12 series this week and conference tournaments next weekend. You know, when we're in Super Regionals for softball, it's regional time in baseball. It's a, it's a low-key moment that if you just love football and there is nothing wrong with that and all you care about is OU football or OSU football or college football, um, Josie many, many years ago challenged uh, me to broaden my, he's like, you got to broaden your eyes and man, you got to look at what's going on in some of these non-rev and some of these other sports that don't get talked about a lot on the air. And ever since then, um, it, and it helps when you're winning, <laughs> right? I, I mean, it helps a lot when you're winning and you're winning championships, 
But it's really cool to see the massive growth of this sport, uh, men's golf on the collegiate level. All right, whoa, it's 1023. Quick break. Let's get you caught up on the latest weather news. Dr. Clevin Clazel is coming up at 11 a.m. this morning to give us a weather update for the Norman Regional and the Bedlam game tonight right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, we're going to take you through the brackets coming up at about now 10, 1035 this morning. Thanks to Ryan Hibble for joining us. Are you guys going to use that on the Give Me Zone tomorrow morning from 10 to Are noon? you kidding me? It's already Let's chopped go. up and ready to go. Um, I cannot tell you how cool it is to talk to Ryan. It's just, he's just awesome. He's awesome. You know, I wonder if when I was thinking of Georgia Bulldogs, if I was thinking of him, someone pointed out on this super secret text of so why. It's like, I know who you're thinking about. You're thinking about Ryan Hibble. That's who you're bringing up. Oh, uh, 405-651-3439. Ah, yes, yes, here we go. I have been clarified by a handful of you. Uh, Morgan Wallen, who sings last night, is a Tennessee guy. I was thinking of Zach Brown. I wish I could Zach say Brown I was band. thinking of Zach Brown. Zach Brown band is a Georgia guy. And the theory is that horribly sad and tragic country song about that family that has to disown their daughter, um, Tennessee Orange or something like that. It's, it's terribly sad song. Apparently it was written because she has a or had a relationship with Morgan Waller. That is at least what my 14-year-old daughter told me. Also, Sooner Steven has informed me that Luke Bryan is a Georgia Bulldog. And there it was from the 405. <laughs> Blank, here's what, you, here's what you missed. Ryan's from Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, like I said, college golf is exploding so much that you know where everyone <laughs> played college golf. Hey, there's, uh, there's an easy off-season listicle for everybody out there uh-huh college artists or country artists favorite college teams there you go boom so who do we get in oklahoma we get toby keith yeah do we get do we get blake shelton i think so yeah we can adopt but is he an ou guy uh for this for this list he is who else would we have would we have to go a little old school with some guys i mean i don't know any of these I don't know any of these new skinny jean-wearing country singers. These boys don't understand what Hank's all about. I don't necessarily know if we get a lot of Sooner fans there. I'd love to be proven wrong. Is uh, Brooks and Dunn, are they, aren't they? they Oklahoma guys? That's, that's a pretty strong draft pick if they are. Yeah. What about Carrie hmm. Underwood? Is, is, is she a Sooner fan or no? Is she an Oklahoma State girl? I think Carrie Underwood's a diehard Sooner fan because whenever, bro, I have some amazing American Idol stories for you that I've, I, I don't know if I've ever like talked about because Carrie, when, when American Idol first won, um, who's the girl that is on The Voice that won it the very first year? Kelly, I keep wanting to say Kelly Clarkson. Preston, and that's not it. Kelly Clarkson. Who's high pitch? This is Kelly Clarkson. Was high pitch. This is Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson came to Tulsa. We did a live radio show with her. Carrie Underwood came into the KMOD studios. It was a trip, man. And it's so weird to see how like nervous they were then and how incredibly polished and massive they are now. Uh, here's a few. We got a few. Uh, Kendall says Garth Brooks. Well, Kendall, Garth Brooks is an OSU guy. Yeah, massive Oklahoma State guy. Uh, here you go. Uh, the 417. 
can confirm Blake is a Sooner fan. My cousin dated him in college. In high school. Or in high school in Ada. Okay. (laughs) Turnpike Troubadours. Wait a minute. So do we get to claim Zach Bryan? No, Allen is claiming we get to claim uh, Zach Bryan as an OU fan. Zach Bryan? Yeah. I don't even know who that is. Uh, Reba is a Sooner. Vince Gill is a Sooner. It, it's Kristen Chenoweth the country singer? I thought she was an actor. Is she a singer? Uh, yeah, I think she's uh, I think she's an actor. I don't know. Anyway, I, I, listen, guys, 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 listen. This is a summer conversation, okay? And it is awesome how much it's done blowed up the Kennebunmeyer Chevrolet text line. I, well, I told you, I, 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 knew, I knew that that would get people going. Brad Paisley is a West Virginia guy? West Virginia has guys? Kristen Chinoweth, I do think, sang some, some country music. Did she? All right. Uh, Interesting. Well, it, listen, Brad Pitt's not a country singer. With this is country singers. <laughs> we'll, we'll claim him for the celebrity list, though. Um, the, the Kings of Leon, they're not country. Kings of Leon are the first, to me, true rock stars that we had that just came out supporting OU. Dude, I love those guys. I, I've, the greatest moment we've ever had during a broadcast was when uh, the Kings of Leon did the concert the night before, and they were down on the sidelines, and... Uh, during the commercial break, uh, Toby's like, hey, because I guess Gabe's best friends with one of them. And during the commercial break, Gabe said, hey, um, or, uh, Toby said, hey, let's let's get one of them on. Let's see if they want to come on. And Gabe goes, yeah, I'm going to make a I'm going to make an editorial decision that that's not going to happen right now. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that's wise move. For your uh, for your benefit, your protection, and for everybody else's uh, listening enjoyment. I love you guys. I love you guys. All right, yeah. So I guess Kristen, my bad. Broadway singer. The only here's how I know Kristen Chenoweth. Number one, she's from Broken Arrow, right? So everyone that I knew when I was in Tulsa had a tie to her. Number two, she cracked me up with how she would talk about Archie Bradley. She was in love with Archie Bradley. And number three, she's in that commercial now. Is it a Geico commercial? So I didn't I didn't know. I apologize. How awesome is that? Trained opera singer. Performs on Broadway. Boy, you uh Can't really hit a nerve on this one, Josh. You really hit a nerve on this one. Just want to tell you right now. I'm just seeing if we still got it for the summer. Just just you know, polls for you and I. Do we still have the ability to do this thing come the summer months? Kendall writes Mike Steely is a great singer. Let's never forget Mike Steely cut his teeth. The wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald right here in the great state of Oklahoma. So you can never forget that. Sensational promo. Whoever put that together, outstanding. Well done. Well done. All right, listen. um, There are some sports things on here that I wanted to get to at 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. The Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is the best way to get in touch with the program. And, you know, it's interesting because – I thought Camo Sooner Sooner asked a good question. And just to get this back to sports before we go through all the brackets, and Camo, uh, I saw this this morning, and I wanted to to just ask this as a maybe good, fun conversation as well. He says, when we move to the SEC, 
Will they then claim all of the OU national championships? In other words, if you want a national title in one conference, does the new conference add it to their list of achievements? I would say yes, but I don't think it's taken away from the previous conference. But it's funny because I don't necessarily see the Big 12 out there beating their chest about Nebraska's national championships they won in the Big 8, right? And if they have, I sure as heck haven't seen it. So I don't know. It's a great question. Somebody needs to do the the study here for us and put it together. What percentage of national championships is the conference losing with Oklahoma and Texas moving on? Because between Texas's swim titles and on and on and on and just Oklahoma's collective championships, they've got to be losing the majority of them, right? Right. I mean, I I feel like – you know, you've got to get into track and field. Texas Tech has been really good at track and field. Their OU women's basketball team won a national title. I know there's probably something right off the top of my head that I'm absolutely just whiffing on right now. Well, Oklahoma State's national title in football in 1934. Is that right? 1938? So they have yeah. that. Uh, countless golf and wrestling titles for OSU. So they'll, they'll still have those. Maybe with the number of titles that Holder won in golf and John Smith has won in wrestling, maybe that'll help balance it out a little bit. They probably have the most in the league after OU and Texas leave, right? I think you're right. I think you're right. But as far as the Big 12 is concerned, Josh, that's a great question. If you just look at the total national championships, one of the current 10 teams that are in the Big 12, what percentage are they losing once OU and Texas leave? Because it seems like it would be a massively high number all right quick break when we come back oh marietta sooner i think just triggered me too not in a bad way marietta sooner i think it's a it's a it's an interesting angle on this but when we come back listen let's go through what we've learned about the regionals places to keep an eye on this weekend beyond just norman and where some upsets could fall that's next right here on the ref let's uh let's roll through this uh, coming up in 15 minutes from now we're going to chat with Dr. Kevin Clazel get a weather update. Is big story number five in the top five stories of the day. Um, I can't. Is it raining out now, Josh? I have no view outside here. What's it? What's it looking like in Norman proper right now? You give me two seconds. I'll let two you seconds. know. Two seconds. Right. I'm at Riverwind Casino, by the way. Come hang. Uh, come check out their incredible concert series that is taking place this summer. Uh, box office is open to swing on by and purchase tickets. County Crows coming up um i am a, i'm a big fan of chicago who's going to be playing here you can simply go to riverwindcasino.com that's riverwindcasino.com all right um what's it looking like it is uh, absolutely gorgeous beautiful no rain sunny beautiful. at the moment beautiful um all right well that makes me feel a little bit better about things Maybe Dr. Kevin Clazel will make things a little bit easier for us this afternoon. All right, so in our top five stories today, we'll hit that. But right now, I do want to take a quick look across the country because we're getting underway with the softball regionals coming up here in uh, mere moments, right? We are literally moments away from first pitch in some of the early regionals. So throughout this week, we've had a bevy of guests on to help us kind of better understand who to keep an eye on, who's a team that maybe can surprise, and and who's a team that might be able to um, 
disappoint. So before we get to the start of, let's see, George Mason and Duke are the first games this morning in the Durham Regional, we asked Erin Miller, who was on with us yesterday, because she'll be on the call for the OSU, the Stillwater Regional. We asked her to give us her assessment of what's gone wrong for Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. I can't even hit the right button anymore on this show. Let's do the second take, Josh. What's gone wrong for Oklahoma State? They did. They hit They hit a tough little patch there in the past 12, 13 games. I had a chance to talk to Kenny yesterday, and um, they got to break away for a couple days. They went up to Broken Bow, which I know you're familiar with, Chris, and they, they got to just kind of let, let the exhale out, watch the selection show, a little bit of team bonding. Um, it, it sounds like they've identified the things that they need to clean up offensively. Kelly Maxwell maybe just taking a little bit less of a perfection approach in the circle and, and pitching more with reckless abandon instead of trying to be perfect on the corners. So we're going to see probably a breath of fresh air from her, a little bit of a new life in their offense, but mostly what he spoke to was defense, just cleaning up some things on the dirt. He actually even admitted to some changes he will make as a coach of Instead of being level-headed, really letting his emotions show with this team, he knows that this team really responds to his emotions, which I appreciate. Yeah, I do too. Um, Three o'clock this afternoon for Oklahoma State and UMBC. Josh, where should the concern level be for Cowgirl fans, uh, not just with the way OSU has played, but also in this regional where you've got Nebraska and Wichita State? That game, by the way, is on ESPNU tonight at 6 o'clock. Concern level should be moderate. Sometimes just getting to the the postseason can be uh, a cure-all for a team that's tail spinning. But we're going to know tomorrow, right? I mean, take care of business today, and then Mm -hmm. we're going to find out tomorrow how how much concern there legitimately should be. But probably, I mean, just based on how bad they played coming down the home stretch, you have to say a a pretty fair amount. Yeah, and and any little thing, you know, can really help spark some positive momentum. So, this is a good team. You just wonder if they'll be in a spot where they can turn it around in time to host a Super Regional. Now, the number three overall seed is Florida State. And on Wednesday's show, we talked to Eric Lopez. Eric is the play-by-play voice as well for UCF on ESPN+. And I, I think the Florida State Regional is fascinating with just how challenging it is. Now, 3 o'clock today, Florida State will take on Marist. And then a couple of hours after that, you get South Carolina and UCF. That's at 6 o'clock on ESPN2. We asked Eric for his overall thoughts on that Tallahassee Regional. Wait for it. I think it's a stacked regional. I think it's one of the toughest regionals out there. I mean, if I'm Lonnie Alameda, I'm not thrilled. Uh, You get South Carolina, who's had a great run to the SEC championship game. Uh, with great pitching they've gotten. And, and yeah, I think we're, you know, UCF's played 120 of the last 21 games going into the NCAA tournament. And, uh, Florida State with Catherine Sandercock. UCF's got Sarah Willis, a rising star. So I expect pitching to be the theme in Tallahassee. And, yeah, I mean, Florida State obviously is trying to regroup a rebound after last year when they were upset by Mississippi State in the regionals. So that, that's good. Plenty of storylines there in Tallahassee. Yeah, I think it's one of the toughest regionals that there is. So, um, I don't know. I think Florida State comes out of it. They've been playing really good ball. South Carolina is one of those teams that, you know, it's it's kind of going with that 
non-traditional approach, right? They're going to ride one pitcher as far as they possibly can, and, you know, that's uh, that's going to be Goburn. And however far she can take him, they can go. Now, they do have a staff at South Carolina, and they're coming off a tough Southeastern Conference championship loss to Tennessee. But do you see any chance that Florida State, Josh, can find themselves sitting at home for a super regional play? I mean, yes, I guess, but I'm probably leaning more toward I'll believe it when I see it. I, I know what happened last year, but uh, I just think this is one of the best teams, and I expect them to be in the super regional round. I agree. I, I've said this a lot. Oklahoma, UCLA, Florida State, and Tennessee have, to me, since Oklahoma State has, has fallen just completely off the map, those have been the four consistently best teams this year. Now, they all have some head-scratching losses, right? UCLA getting run-ruled by um, Cal. Tennessee got swept by Baylor. Oklahoma got beat by Baylor. And then somehow Longwood beat Florida State. But I just I feel like in an incredibly competitive regional, the best teams are going to come out. And in all four of those teams, Oklahoma, UCLA, Florida State, and Tennessee, they all got incredibly challenging regionals. Now, when we come back, Elo will give us some teams that he thinks can surprise and some teams that he thinks will disappoint. Plus, we'll hear from JT Gasso as we count down to tonight's Game 1, this afternoon's Game 1 in the Norman Regional between OU and Hofstra right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Okay, uh, we mentioned that we had a couple of extra cuts we wanted to play here before we wrapped on previewing the bracket. So here is what Eric Lopez had to say whenever we asked him one of my favorite questions who are some teams that could shock us this weekend? Who are some teams that could still be playing come Monday? I think Louisiana can. I think Louisiana, if they win that Baton Rouge regional, I think the winner of that could upset Washington and get to the World Series uh, from that standpoint. Obviously, Stillwater is fascinating. You've got Oklahoma State that has fallen apart in Wichita State. If they can regroup, they've beaten Oklahoma State twice. I think that's a trendy pick that a lot of people like. Fayetteville, Arkansas has got a tough region, a young team with Oregon. Missy Lombardi going back to Arkansas for a second straight year. I mean, that's one to watch as well. I think we're going to see some upsets here uh, in this regional round. I think those are a couple of ones that stand out uh, to me that, that jumps out. And I think Auburn can beat Clemson with Matt, you know, Penta. I, I would not be surprised, Chris, I if you guys win either. the regional, you have to deal with Matty Penta and Auburn and Mickey Dean. Uh, in the Super Regionals. I think that's one to watch if you're a Sooner fan. Uh, there are even Fullerton as being quality teams. That's a stacked regional there in Clemson. Agreed. Agreed. All right, so who are some teams in Eric Lopez in the Circle Podcast, ELO, that you think could disappoint? Ooh, uh, I would say, you know, Florida State. I was going to say. If they win the regional, they up, have to Mike. deal with Georgia in yeah. the Supers. That is tough. I mean, they, they have a brutal, brutal uh, draw and then Tennessee. This has got to be the year for Karen Wickley and company with Ashley Rogers and Tennessee. This is the year they've got to make it to the World Series, but they may run into Texas in the Super Regional. So there's just a couple of things to keep an eye on as we get set for first pitch in three minutes in Duke in Durham as Duke hosts George Mason. 
I, I found this interesting. You know, some of these regional sites have the higher-seeded teams playing first. Others have them playing later. Like, I was, I was a little bit miffed that the Salt Lake Regional has Ole Miss and Baylor as their first game and then Utah playing the second game. It's kind of – and I know it's been mixed up and it's been, you know, kind of moved around to, to different times in the past, but I don't know. I, I like Elo's thoughts on a team that could surprise. We don't probably talk enough about Louisiana Lafayette and the beast that they've built – uh, they came here in 2016 in the Super Regional, and that fan base was crazy town. I loved it. I think that they've got a chance to get it done in Louisiana. I, I'm i really intrigued by the Fayetteville Regional. Go look through Oregon's resume. Go look at what Missy Lombardi has done this year. That is a really good team that hit some Tough times down the stretch of the season, a lot like Oklahoma State. You know, a lot of people writing off Oklahoma State, but they've shown this year that they're capable of being a top five, if not top two team. So you immediately want to say, oh, yeah, they're going to get upset, but I don't know. I I also think, Josh Helmer, I also think that there is a fascinating, fascinating regional playing out for the right to play Oklahoma in the Supers. You heard Eric allude to it. Clemson, who has been, you know, a, a team that was knocking on the door of the top five, and then they got swept by Florida State and haven't been the same team since. And they might not be the best team in their regional. Auburn and Cal State Fullerton had really good years. We'll talk about it more in the top five stories today. A weather update right off the top with Dr. Kevin Clazel next.